0: It's the Americhicks with Kim Monson.
1: Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal.
0: The most important story:
1: the American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal.
0: And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead,
1: because ideas matter.
0: It's the Americhicks dissecting issues. As right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation.
2: Indeed, let's have a conversation. This is Kim Munson with the Americhicks, and uh, be sure and check out my website, Americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails, and I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering you a conservatarian perspective. We need to be having conversations, and we need to understand why we believe what we believe. And so very excited about our Vino and Veritas. Our next event is Monday, March 25th at Waters Edge Winery. As you know, I'm partnering with Dr. Tom Cranwitter, Bethany, and his whole team, plus Jen Hewlin, owner of the Waters Edge Winery and Centennial, to bring you Vino and Veritas. Wine and truth. What could be better than that? Dr. Cranwitter is creating a fascinating lecture series on the Federalist Papers, and again, we just, we need to know why we believe what we believe so that we can have conversations with our friends, our family, and colleagues. We are in a battle of ideas in America today. Uh, so, uh, Vino Veritas is meeting the fourth Monday of each month and good news, we have a few tickets for the Monday, March 25th event. And th- the reason is is because th- some of those that have purchased the subscription are not going to be able to attend uh, that evening. So we have some tickets uh, for the March 25th event. And more good news, Vino Ver- and Veritas Castle Rock will be starting on Sunday, March 31st. So for more information, go to americhicks.com forward slash Vino. Again, that is americhicks.com Forward slash Vino. Uh, we appreciate our fr- our sponsors. For January was Harmony Ridge Construction, uh, Ray Patton and his whole team building homes and usually making friends in the process. February's presenting sponsor was Susan Cochevar, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater, and Susan hopes to open the theater at the end of this month. And March's presenting sponsor is Heidi Ganahl and her Free to Be Coalition, promoting free speech and diversity of thought. And uh, so if you would like to be a presenting sponsor, let me know. Go to Americhicks.com and forward slash Kim. Send me a message. Again, that's Americhicks.com forward slash Kim. Fill out the form. And if you would, are interested in attending any of the uh, Vino and Veritas, again, go to Americhicks.com forward slash Kim, and we'll uh, get all the information to you. So our little inspiration for today is from ike eisenhower he was the five-star general of the united states army in world war ii uh, and he was uh, the supreme commander of the allied forces in europe and as we are in our battles of ideas today we must remember that there is great hope he said pessimism never won any battle and so we need to be happy warriors as we go out and engage in this battle of ideas so, a uh, little levity for the morning, Steve. Are you ready? Uh, today's funnies is Google male or female. Well, female, because it doesn't let you finish a sentence before making a suggestion. So, we're oh going to my. jump right. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, okay, the, the drummer just left in disgust.
2: <laughs> well, I know. And you know what? I c- I can I can do that joke. But you as a guy probably couldn't do that joke, Steve.
0: Well, that's one of the reasons I think the, the drummer left. <laughs>
2: okay, okay. so he just couldn't, uh, couldn't endorse that one, huh? But let's jump in here. There's a lot of news going on. Um, several of the headlines, I'm just going to run through some headlines, and then I want to talk about this first one. But uh, this week, Broomfield City Council rejects a resolution to support the Red Flag Gun Confiscations confiscation bill and complete colorado had a very interesting article on that so i want to come back and talk about that Uh, another headline from yesterday is the u.s senate votes to block president trump's national emergency declaration there were 12 gop senators that voted uh, for the resolution voted with the democrats senator cory gardner did not vote for the resolution and I think that it's important to understand there's some. There's several of these GOP senators are real constitutionalists that voted against this. And then the others, I think, are somewhat wishy-washy, but they're trying to hide behind the Constitution. And, Steve, I've thought a lot about it, and uh, I think the real question – I mean, there's two questions. The real constitutionalists that voted against this, these um, Republican senators, and, and I appreciate their perspective – They're saying that we wanna make sure that we maintain the balance of power, that we don't have an overreach of the executive branch. And I truly, truly appreciate that. However, my understanding is, is the president can issue declarations in a national emergency. And as I'm really looking at what's going on regarding immigration into the United States right now, uh, I do think that it is an emergency. And I do think that we need to make sure that we pull out all stops to get this under control, and then we need to actually get serious about changing our immigration system. Uh, I, I know of um, a couple of people, it was a couple that was here legally, had, had been living in America for at least eight years, had bought a home, working here legally, and uh, started uh, well over a year ago to um, um, renew their, their um, visas or, or their green card, whatever it is that they were here on. And it took over a year and a half, and they still did not get uh, that particular documentation that they needed. And so they have have to sell their house, and they have to leave America. And yet we have people pouring across the border. And you look at this, and, Producer Steve, this just seems to me like it is a broken system. We need to fix the system, and we need to make sure that we we stop this illegal immigration and figure out a way for people that want to come here, and become American to have a legal way to do that. What's your thoughts, Steve?
0: Once again, the the legal, law abiding people get chewed up by this bureaucratic machine. And again, the floods coming across the border now are only hampering, again, or actually shafting the, the law abiding people. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, whether it's worth it or not, I'll just run through the list real quick uh, in terms of the 12, just so yeah, I'm sure people are curious. Uh, Wicker from Mississippi, Rubio from Florida, Portman from Ohio, Collins from Maine, Murkowski from Alaska, Toomey from Pennsylvania, Blunt from Missouri, Alexander from Tennessee, Romney from Utah, Paul Rand from Kentucky, I hate that one, Moran from Kansas, and Lee from Utah. Actually, both, well, never mind, Lee from Utah, that's it. I just, you know, the constitutional smokescreen in in you know and trying to you know okay picture it as a scale their their concerns about the constitutionality of it all versus a, an unquestionable emergency i I'm, i just despise the fact that they're denying what's really going on
2: okay just a quick question you you said that you hated that one on rand paul now now tell me why
0: i just was hoping rand paul was just more solid and um you know Maybe you you kind of caught me a week or so ago when I maybe badmouthed uh, one of these individuals, called them the new John McCain. But why can't they support this president in s- surmounting a, a an undeniable a crisis that that's facing us? Even though it's probably not in somebody's backyard yet, it will be.
2: Well, it, it truly will be, and so interesting. Rand Paul, I, I do think that, you know, and he, he's, he has libertarian tendencies, which I do as well. And so I think that he is a guy who really, really does try to appreciate the Constitution. I, I take him at his word on that. However, I think you're referring to Romney, uh, who I'm, I'm like you. I'm concerned that he is he's more interested in his ego than what is right for the American people. And uh, that's what I feel happened with John McCain as well. And, you know, we need to We need to check these egos at the door and do what is best for the American people. And so these other guys that are hiding behind uh, their concern for the Constitution, I haven't seen like Murkowski, uh, you know, and um, and Collins. I have not seen them really stand up for the Constitution. Uh, They seem to be much more wishy washy. So uh, it's it's unfortunate it sounds like uh, trump is going to veto uh, this particular resolution and senator cory gardner i think uh thank you to him i think that uh you know because he's in going to probably be in a very hotly contested race in 2020 and uh thank you uh, senator cory gardner for voting uh against this resolution because i think that uh, immigration is one of the one of the most important pressing issues that we have and uh, i i actually Last week, Steve, some friends of mine uh, who I met when I was back in Normandy were here from France, and uh, we, I met them for dinner, and she said, it was astounding. We flew through Miami, and we, we got into the Miami airport, we did not hear anybody speaking English at all. All we heard was Spanish, and I thought, that is really somewhat telling, um, you know regarding our immigration system we need to we need to make sure that people are coming here that want to be american and not to not to say that people that speak spanish don't want to be american but it is a, astonishing to me that somebody flies into you know a us airport and they don't hear any english i i found that just really really kind of shocking so but let's jump into just a couple of other things. Uh, <laughs> uh, Beto O'Rourke announced that he's going to be running for president. Of course, Joe Biden announced that he's running for president. Bernie's running for president. Hickenlooper's running for president. Steve, I want to let you know that I am not running for president on the Democrat ticket. Uh, a lot, But it seems like everybody else in the world is. But How, just, how, how disappointing
0: O'R- is that? <laughs> yeah,
2: the, the, the truth. The, but this Beto O'Rourke, uh, I mean, he seems kind of goofy, kind of dorky to me, but he seems to be the guy that a lot of people think that he actually has a shot at uh, becoming president, but he's, um, you know, back what in the, I don't know what year it was, but he was with some kind of punk rock band or some rock band and he's in a onesie, you know, underwear, uh, you know, uh, performing and I'm kind of thinking, I'm not sure that that's really presidential. We talk about being presidential. That does not seem presidential to me, Steve.
0: I don't know. Uh, it, the reality of it, though, is someone no, qu- uh, quite properly noted that going go back to November when he was challenging Ted Cruz, he got pretty darn close in Texas, of all places.
2: Yep, I know. I know. And, in fact, I was in Denver, and I saw Beto signs in Denver. So there is... You know, there's a real movement that's going to try to really push him forward on that. And uh, I was talking to a millennial yesterday, and she said, you know what, I think he's probably got the best shot at winning the Democrat nomination. So <clears throat> we certainly don't want to uh, discount that by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, now Beto, Biden, Bernie, along with everybody else are right. in the uh, in the race
0: the first time that they show up on the same stage together uh whether it's, it's i don't know they want to call it a debate or a town hall meeting can you imagine what the shouting match everyone the goal is to be heard <laughs> and, and grab camera yeah, time I, type of thing and can you imagine what a farce that's going to be
2: well get your popcorn because it's going to be interesting so uh, hey just a couple of other things though uh there was a study that just came out that shows that 71 percent of americans are afraid to ride in on a- in an autonomous car and so we will talk more about that but i wanted to make that point point. and we only have just a little bit of time but Broomfield council rejects the resolution to support the red flag c- gun confiscation bill and there were a couple of quotes in here a um, couple of things the uh, colorado municipal league is in favor of the red flag bill as well as the uh, group of um, police chiefs around the state But this is what I found so concerning. It says, while fielding questions from council members, this is in Broomfield, Deputy Chief Mike Clement said of the potential dangers to police in the search warrant aspect of the bill, our preference naturally is if that person goes to work, we prefer to go in and take the guns while they're not there and at work, and we'll do the follow-up work on explaining as we go. And then he says there was a very quick due process written in the bill. My friends, think about this you don't even know that you have been accused of something you're at work and the police come into your home and they take your guns at some point in time they could they could take anything so this is what is so scary about this bill uh just a very quick comment Steve you got about 20 seconds
0: I don't know I I think the way he kind of was weaving his way around that he was obviously mindful of the incident in Douglas County so he said, okay, if, if this comes down and we get a report on an individual where we're required to take action, you know, we're going to kind of do it this way. Again, just being mindful of the, the incident, uh, you know, uh, over a year ago yeah, now in the Douglas po- County. Yeah,
2: Right. The point is, is it's not the guns that was the problem. The person was the problem. Oh, yes. And So I think they should extricate the person, not the guns. But, but we're yeah. going to go to break. When we come back, uh, we're going to be talking with Angie Austin. She's another KLZ uh, radio show host, and she also has a nationally syndicated program. We'll be talking about uh, this um, hypersexualization bill of our, our children, uh, 1032. But it is Selection Sunday for March Madness and... Uh, Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. Uh, tomorrow night, they're going to also be uh, broadcasting the boxing match between Spence and Garcia. So uh, if you want to stay home and watch the game, you can have them deliver. If you want more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. This is Kim Munson. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Angie Austin.
3: All AmeriChicks sponsors are in exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com.
0: Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now, so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732.
1: Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with Remax Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americans with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303 877 7516. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where I dissect the issues, the latest news, politics, and opinion is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's just have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Be sure and like me and follow me, offering you a conservatarian perspective. I am so excited to have in studio with me today Angie Austin. You know her. She is the host of The Good News right here on uh, Crawford Stations, KLZ. And then also the Angie Austin and Mike Opelka Show, which is a national show. You can hear it here on KLZ from 4 to 6 a.m. And then again at 11 a.m. Angie Austin, it is so great to have you here.
4: Thank you, Kim. I appreciate you inviting me in. A lot of these topics we're going to discuss involve kids and education and sex ed, etc et cetera and uh, I'm right in the thick of it my kids are 9 11 and 13 so oh. they're in the middle of a lot of this and one of them well two of them have had sex ed but uh, it's an interesting topic because it starts so young you know in fifth grade my daughter uh, was given a sex ed class and it was going to be the end of the school year and she's a year young for her grade so she was nine just had turned ten when she got sex ed and I still don't think she quite understands it now she's in sixth grade and she's 11 and what they're attempt or uh, their what they're considering teaching her, and you know, and other children at such a young age is pretty overwhelming information-wise.
1: You know, Angie, I, I've read this bill. I think you're refer- referring to not only here in Colorado. We have House Bill 19 uh, 1032, which is the sex education bill. And what, we're, what what we're really seeing, Angie, is the hypersexualization of our children, and not letting our kids be kids taking away the freedom for families to talk about talk with their children about sex and their sexual health and you just mentioned something very interesting and that is that your your daughter is young for the class that she's in mm-hmm. and then there will be kids that are old for that class so there's kids conceivably there's almost 2 years between them yeah. and so each child is different and to have these these policies and these curriculums that are forced down from above instead of letting families have the freedom to talk with their kids about this is pretty scary.
4: Yeah, scary uh, scary, and I think too much information. In the case of when, uh, her fifth grade class, uh, I said, why are they teaching it at the beginning of the school year rather than the end of the school year like they used to? And one of the teachers said, because last year the kids really started to smell and we wanted to talk to them about deodorant and things like that in puberty. So we decided to have it at the beginning of the, uh, the school year, so we could hand out the deodorant. And I'm like, really? So my, I mean, she certainly didn't understand all the intricacies of what they said. And I, and I, when they got down to the actual, how does pregnancy work? They did say about no, the wait, last. Wait, I thought you we were talking bit,
1: about deodorant.
4: Yes, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and all the right. It was the whole sex ed curriculum, and I thought it was kind of interesting reasoning that that part of the reason was because the teachers decided the kids smelled so bad the fifth, you know, the year before. Yeah. But they were going to tell them earlier. But anyway, they did say at the very end, you know, ask your parents about that part, which was, I guess, their really, you know, detailed ex- explanation. But she's, so, uh, she's in sixth grade now, so this was the beginning of last year. The beginning and, of fifth grade. Yeah, beginning of fifth grade. And she's been sexually harassed at school by a boy this year. And I'll tell you this, she still didn't truly understand some of the other concepts because he was making jet... Gestures to, to her, Aww. and that she came home and said, What did it mean that he was doing this to me? And then he was saying, You and Bobby, you know, you and Stevie, you and George, you know, like making huh. these gestures. So I just think they're too young to truly understand some of the concepts. I totally. And that agree. was regular sex ed. That wasn't what we're talking about with 1032. This is a lot more detailed and a lot more information that I think is really confusing for kids.
1: Well, it really is. And, uh, you know, I think children are malleable. And uh, this, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about this House Bill 191032. And Angie, I've read the whole bill. And what's so interesting, this is actually the language right from the bill itself. And this is in the bill summary. It okay. says, the bill clarifies content requirements for public schools that offer comprehensive human sexuality education and prohibits Instruction from explicitly or implicitly teaching or endorsing religious ideology. It prohibits sectarian tenets or doctrines. It prohibits using shame-based or stigmatizing language. It prohibits uh, employing gender norms or gender stereotypes. So that would be like he, she, boy, girl. And it prohibits excluding the relational or sexual experiences of lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender individuals. You know, this is a long way from what I think government is supposed to be doing. And uh, certainly I find it somewhat concerning that the state of Colorado is putting forth legislation which is going to take away the freedom for families to talk with their children about their sexual health on the timeline that works for them and now to have government be pushing in a way i think uh, almost a certain religion a certain ideology regarding this 1032 and the uh, relational and sexual experiences of of
4: lgtbq what's your thoughts i think that it's difficult for them to even grasp some of these concepts i think that uh, you mentioned they're malleable and that uh I don't even think they'll truly understand a lot of them. I don't think they're ready. I mean, I've got kids this age. They don't understand this stuff. I mean, yes, I know you can teach them what sex is and that they'll kind of get the basics. But even that is a, you know, just the basic, I think that's enough. I think too much information is very confusing to them. I think this is an opt-in high school or college like kind of class. Like it's an opt-in, like if you decide you want your kids to take health and learn sex ed and then learn about all of the other offshoots of what a traditional relationship is and about, you know, a lot of other topics that they may run into in society. Uh, And that's something for a kid that's older. I don't think that Kids, kids, the age of my let, kids understand let Kids
1: be kids. I remember I was older when I first was presented with the concept of what sex was, and I remember my first reaction was, "Ooh,
4: mm-hmm. that's what all <laughs> the kids said." <laughs> One of the kids came to the car, my girlfriend's car, afterwards, and she goes, "You people are gross. I'm going to be scarred for life." <laughs> so.
1: We need to make sure that we let our kids be kids. Angie, did you realize that this this curriculum that we're talking about will start in fourth grade? Oh, wow. I've got, but, a, I've but, got a fourth grader. But, She's actually, nine. but actually, in kindergarten, they will be talking about, now you mentioned traditional relationships. Mm-hmm. They'll be talking about, quote-unquote, healthy relationships. Who will determine what healthy relationship is? I see underlying uh, uh, pushing an agenda uh, that is... I'm very unsuspecting of many students and of many families and um, it it kind of I, I get really concerned I guess I'm gonna say I'm really concerned about it and we need to do something about it uh, and and I know that there's a lot of people out there that they're writing their their uh, uh, representatives interestingly enough there is a Republican sponsor on this particular bill it's Senator Don quorum who is the Colorado senator from Montrose so would highly recommend that you make your voices be heard email uh, Don quorum be sure and call him and then the other sponsors on this in the Senate is Nancy Todd and once again, uh, she's a Democrat but email her and call her and then on the House side, it is Representative Lantine. and Angie, I really believe that every day, each of us needs, we can't be lazy we have to make sure that we do something uh, great societies and great people they care about how they treat their neighbors and what they pass on to the next generation mm-hmm. and we have a real thing here that we need to, to say not on our watch
4: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I almost feel like this is um, so unusual to teach this kids uh, the, the kids this kind of information. And I'm not, Steve, you know me. I'm to your producer, Steve. I'm not very judgmental. Like if you, if you, you know, when you, like if I'm working with somebody that decides that I work with a guy that he decided he was going to start wearing a, dr- a dress, he was bald and he wore, wore lipstick. Well, knock yourself out. That's your prerogative. But to teach kids that are so young that don't understand the differences in these relationships... I think it's so confusing. I mean, my my nephew is gay and my daughter is very close to him and she's a middle schooler. She just kind of figured it out, but she figured it out in knowing him for many years and us not giving a lot of specifics because, again, I don't think they truly understand a lot of sexuality before they hit puberty and I know that um, in the Boulder School District, there was a trans choir that came to teach kids kindergarten through, I think, fifth or sixth grade about different types of relationships. And there was a crow or something that didn't uh, it. yeah, that didn't understand or didn't know if he was male or female. And that someone from the school district said it's never too young to teach about, you know, uh, inclusivity and accepting people, etc. cetera. Uh, and so the trans choir adults came to teach the kids about this. I don't think a kindergartner has any idea what you're talking about
1: no but it's a it's an indoctrination that has started early but i i want to talk about live and let live because i agree with you on that let's go to break when we come back i'm talking with angie austin this is kim munson with the americhicks and we'll be right back jason mcbride over presidential wealth management Uh, i think sometimes people are afraid that they're going to miss out on something what would be your comment on that
3: well, our current president, Donald J. Trump, made a really good quote at one point. He said, sometimes the best investments are the ones you don't make. And I would agree with that. Uh, again, some in today's day and age, there's so much information at everybody's fingertips, uh, message boards, Twitter. Uh, that, that You get people that are promoting uh, investments that have nothing to them. Uh, You kind of get this crowd mentality where uh, you would get the impression that everybody is making millions and millions of dollars except for you. But that's usually not the case. And don't forget, people really like to talk about their successes and the gains they made, but nobody likes to talk about the mistakes they made. So, uh, you know, I guess what I would say is... uh, if you're getting hyped on something or, or hearing it on TV and getting very, oh, I have to, I have to get into this, take a step back, try to do a little bit more research from a uh, logical point of view, look at a chart and figure out if this is something that, that maybe either has already run its course or two is just nothing but air and hype.
1: So that makes a lot of sense. Donald J. Trump, sometimes the best investments are the ones that you don't make. So it's a good idea to make sure that you're taking a look at your nest egg. And uh, Jason McBride over at Presidential Wealth Management, the whole team over there can certainly uh, help out with that. So check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. The phone number at Presidential Wealth Management is 303-694-1600. 303-694-1600. Jason, thanks so much. We will talk to you tomorrow.
3: All right, Kim. Have a good one.
5: You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and AmeriChick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at AmeriChicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at AmeriChicks.com Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak
4: to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the Americhicks radio show. Contact us at
5: Americhicks.com or email Kim at Americhicks.com.
1: Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting the issues, news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests and the topics and the important events. And uh, I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. I'd appreciate it if you'd like and follow me, offering you a conservatarian perspective. I am thrilled to have in studio with me Angie Austin. You know her. She is the host. Most of The Good News, right here on KLZ 560. And then nationally, it's the Angie Austin and Mike Opelka Show. You're on from 4 to 6 a.m. and then 11 a.m., again, right here on KLZ 560. Angie Austin, first of all, I hope you didn't have your superwoman cape get uh, caught in the car door when you uh, came in because you not only do three hours of radio a day. Four. Four hours I of radio. I do two shows, yeah. Okay. Four hours of radio a day, and you have three, t- three kids—a teenager and almost a teenager, and a grade schooler. So it is amazing what you get done every day. I'm just in awe of you. It uh, definitely
4: uh, takes—you know—I mean, I'm busy. Let's put it that way. I, so, yeah, yeah,
1: I would say so. In the last break, we were talking a bit about this House Bill 191032, which is the sex education bill here in Colorado, and I, I think that you and I agree. I really. I really believe in live and let live. What you do in your bedroom is not my business. Uh, You know, what you do with your life, you're responsible for that, not me. And so I really believe in let live and let live, or live and let live. However, we are seeing a far cry from live and let live now. What we are seeing is an agenda that is being pushed forward into the school system using public dollars. And uh, I submit that it's actually... A religion, if you will. And uh, certainly we believe here in America that government money, government policy should not be putting forth and affirming a specific religion. And we really saw this uh, play out, Angie, with uh, Jack Phillips and Masterpiece Cake Shop. You know, uh, Jack is a really, really a loving man. And uh, a couple came in that wanted him to bake a cake celebrating their gay marriage. And he said, you know, you can buy anything here, but that's not something that I can can affirm. And so what happened is, is the couple then marched right down to the uh, Colorado Civil Rights Commission. Uh, they said that they'd been discriminated against. The Colorado Civil Rights Commission brought Jack Phillips in. And basically they, they said to him, if you do not affirm this. If you do not affirm something that you do not believe then we're going to use the heavy hand of government to take away your business and he says well I can't do that and they said okay no more wedding cakes you can't do any wedding cakes and that makes no matter what side of the aisle you're on if government comes in and says if you do not affirm x we're going to take your property we're going to take your business we're in a tough we're in a tough spot right now Angie
4: yeah, I, I've kind of thought about it if I were asked to sing at a wedding, and as a Christian, they wanted me to sing um, songs about uh, if, they, if they were devil worshipers, and I had, I'd have to, have to say, no, it's not my thing. I mean, I just think, think I'd say, no, I'm not available, you know, but if you say, no, I don't believe in that, that's where you get in trouble. So if he would have lied and said, I've got too many orders— and I can't do that. He would have been just fine. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying lie, but what I'm saying is, like, what makes it okay for you to say no to business? Yeah. And the fact that they then said you can't make wedding cakes is outrageous to me. And the whole live and let live thing, I... I I I agree. I mean, I'm not a judgmental person. Jesus calls us to love people, and that's what I try to do in my life. The decisions you make are up to you, and I don't think that I'm going to shame you or whatever you, scold you into living the same lifestyle that I live. However, being kind to others and loving my neighbor, regardless of whether or not he wears a dress or not, I'm going to do, right? But I don't need you teaching my kids in school about abortion, because I think that'd be very upsetting to my girls in particular. They're young, and uh, they're at the age where one of them's already had sex ed when she j- had just turned. Which is 10. one of the
1: things that's right. in
4: the bill. And thirty two, and then to um, this uh, this bill would reinforce a ban on schools from uh, endorsing abstinence, so they wouldn't be taught, that's an option. I'm not sure that I quite understand that. And then teaching kids about healthy relationships and the experiences of LGBTQ individuals. I don't think my kids are going to get it anyway. Like I, I think it's just, I think it's so confusing, way too much information. Some would say indoctrination, but I think confusion. I think they're just confused by just sex alone. But then when you bring in all the other options There's a lot of information to be given to a child, and I certainly don't want them being taught about abortion when they've just turned 10. Or, as you mentioned, uh, my nine-year-old's in fourth grade, so... I, we haven't talked about abortion yet. Um, my son understands it, but it's upsetting to them.
1: Well, speaking of abortion, I really think that the veil is off on what's been going on in America with Governor Ralph Northam the, of Virginia, uh, talking about aborting a child in the fourth trimester, and then Governor Cuomo in um, New York and uh, the standing ovation and the you know lighting up the the World Trade Center. Uh, tower or the um, spire on that uh, to honor abortion is the veil is off. Now, Angie, we know what the real fight is here. And we're seeing the Democrat Party of today is not the Democrat Party of JFK. and It's not your parents' Democrat Party for sure. And what they're standing for is death, destruction division and victimhood and the american idea stands for creativity and innovation and life and i was astonished donald trump is starting to really take a stand for life you saw that in his state of the union address and then just recently he uh, they issued orders that any uh, provider of women's health care health provider that is referring or doing abortions will no longer get federal money I just about fell off my chair when I saw that. I think
4: it's so exciting. Yeah, and that was just recent. That is uh, news that is welcome. I, you know, I, I think that uh, the abortion issue is such a heavy topic. And, you know, going back to what we were originally talking about, my kids learning about that, it's not something that um, I want to teach my kids about at the age of nine. My daughter weighs 50 pounds She is, like, up to my waist. She is so tiny and little and, you know, plays every day and sleeps with stuffed animals. And I don't think that's a time to tell her about killing babies. Right. I I totally agree.
1: So what do you think that we should do about it, Angie? I mean, you've been in this business for a long time. the,
4: The bill? Yeah. Well, I I know that people are gathering at the Capitol and that people are getting involved. You mentioned in the prior segment about contacting, you know, their uh, political representative. And I think that, um, yeah, well, and you opt out. You know, you don't send your kid to the sex ed class that teaches them things that you don't want them to learn about at this point in life. You
1: know, recently I had, uh, and they were unidentified because they were concerned about retribution from the Boulder Valley School District, was Mm -hmm. a mom and a dad, Mm -hmm. that parents that opted out of uh, the school where there was the transgender choir. Yeah, what in essence, the kids that opted out were left in the, were, were in the class. They weren't left in the classroom. They were in the classroom. And a, a video talking about transgenderism was what they watched.
4: And so parents... That's interesting. Yeah. I'm and then sure you and opt out and go watch Finding Nemo in the gym or something.
1: That's not what happened because the father that called in, he actually went there and he
4: actually saw that. And, and these so, are K through like fifth or sixth graders. that I mean, a kindergartner? Are you kidding me? Yeah.
1: I know it's beyond reason, but this is where we are right now. And I think so many, you know how busy you are as a mom, you, you know, a whole bunch of moms. I think a bunch of moms and dads don't even know this is going on.
4: Right? No, I agree. I totally agree.
1: And so we need to make sure that in kind, reasonable voices that we are speaking truth. We are speaking what this really says. And there are parents that are okay with that. Yeah. And it's a free country. Right. You should be able if if you're okay with that that's fine. But don't do it on the public dime and don't do this in the public school. If this is is if this is what you want to teach your your children, okay. You know, it's not my business. However, don't be using public money,
4: public policy to push this forward. Let me talk to my children with my values. Well, and even if the kids opt out, let's be honest, every other kid in class that learned about abortion that day is going to share it with my kid anyway. Good point. Yeah.
1: That's a very good point. Now, you have three kids, and you have a real heart For children, uh, which is obvious. And something that's been on your mind is adults that are using kids for specific agendas. Uh, So tell me a
4: little bit about that. I'm not really into indoctrinating kids with your politics. It's great to talk about topics at the table, but in our house, we're divided politically, so we don't bring up politics a lot at home. Um, My husband didn't vote for Donald Trump, and I did. And my kids told my mother-in-law, well, one of my parents voted for Donald Trump, and the (laughs) other one voted for that lady. And then my mother-in-law said to them, well, your mother's not that stupid. And so that's exactly what she said, because, you know, and so that's kind of thing bringing your kids into your politics and more so um and so anyway with my husband he um he's definitely much more liberal than i am and he definitely voted for hillary and uh, so we don't talk about it a lot at home because we have a great marriage and we get along well. And um, I think like much of the country, we're on uh, one big island together. And a lot of us agree on the majority of things in, you know, about raising our kids, coming up with good you know, money for their lunches, making sure that we save for their college and that we can pay for their sports. And then there's the far right and the far left. And that's really what we hear about in the news, you know, the hate and divisiveness. But I don't think that my friends, I'll be recording uh, later this afternoon in the group of girls that I bring in, uh, we're very different politically, uh-huh. but we all are friends and we all um, come together to share good news. So I think that um, we have a lot more in common than we have differences, but that um, the media does make us believe the country is a lot more divided than it is. And in this case, it's the story of a little boy that I wanted to bring up because I really think that these parents are using these kids for their own political agenda recently you may have heard about Diane Feinstein and the young uh, kids that came in to try to push her into signing off on the new green deal and she said well we've got our own deal I've been doing this a long time and then one of the teenagers not the littlest one and one of the littlest ones said please please you know do what we ask you to and then a 16 year old said well you know we voted for you and you know you're supposed to do what we want she said how old are you 16 well you didn't vote for me. I mean, Diane Feinstein really stood up to them. And then you heard a parent say, well, we came in with these posters and lady, fight your own battles and stop bringing the kids into it. And that's how I feel about this conservative family and I am conservative. You know what, let's stop okay. right there,
1: Angie. Let's go to break because uh, uh, you are bipartisan on uh, your concern about using children in politics. Yes. So, so this is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. I'm talking with Angie Austin, host of The Good News, as well as the Angie Austin and Mike Opelka show right here on KLZ 560. We'll be
5: right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The Americhicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today.
1: Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect the issues, the news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. And I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Would greatly appreciate it if you would like and follow me. Offering you a conservatarian perspective. So pleased to have in studio with me today Angie Austin. You know her. She's the host of the Good News. It's an hour of good news. And my gosh, Angie, we can use some good news around here. And then uh, the other show that you do is the Angie Austin and Mike Opelka show. And that is on from 4 to 6 a.m. And then again at 11 a.m. Right here on KLZ 560.
4: And Angie, that is a national show. So that is across the nation, right? That's correct. And then we're based, our flagship station is right here KLZ because I'm based here. And I work with the same producer you do, producer Steve. He helps me with all my local hits, et cetera. And you and I were talking before the break about, um, you know, using your kids for your political agenda and whether you're, you're a democrat republican whatever it may be I, I think it's so unfair because this boy in austin texas raised five grand for president trump's border wall by selling allegedly raised it for the border wall who knows what really the money is going to be used okay. for i have no clue uh by selling hot chocolate uh at a stand in front of a shopping complex and this is ktrk reported this uh out of texas and uh Austin, Texas. Uh, The sign does say proceeds help build Trump's uh, wall. And then hot chocolate, two bucks. And then he offers you Nancy Pelosi marshmallows for 50 cents. Beto (laughs) O'Rourke marshmallows are free. They cost you nothing. Uh, But he said some people were mad and calling me little Hitler and stuff. And some people were really happy. But he faced some abuse from these people. I really don't think to put a seven or eight-year-old kid um, selling hot chocolate with a Build the Wall sign. I think it's your agenda. I highly doubt a seven-year-old truly is interested in building the wall. And so I feel like we put our kids when we use them for our political agenda and send them to school with information they're not ready to process yet, that they don't truly understand the differences between the parties. And I think they're way too young to go into school spouting your politics. Like when my mother-in-law said to my kids, oh, mom voted for Trump. And my mother-in-law said, your mom's not that stupid, is she? Uh, no, she's not that stupid, something to that effect. And then they repeated it back to me. They're too young. To, let kids be kids. Same thing when we were talking about sex ed and indoctrinating them with a lot of information that you know we may not want them indoctrinated with at such a young age. Let kids be kids. And I, I want to talk about that whole transgender athlete issue, if we can, as okay, well. Okay, so set that up for us. Yeah. Okay, so the deal is, um, I've been following this for a while, because there was a wrestler who'd done really well in state, and it was a boy who now identifies as a girl. And then there's a runner that there's a lot of controversy about. There's a weightlifter that I'd followed that also was a, what was born a boy and now identifies as a girl. And the reason they're in the news is because they're... Boys who now identify as girls, and so they're competing against girls. And in the most recent case, it's two runners out of Connecticut. And apparently there are 17 states that if you go in and say uh, to your coach, your school, Hi, my name's Bob, and uh, yes, I was born a boy, but I identify as a woman, and so I would now like to compete against the girls in my school um, on track. And so with that said, uh, these two runners... Uh, placed first and second and uh, you know in their state for running and then a girl who was born as a girl uh, and the terminology I guess from the article I was reading and I'm still getting used to all the different terminology is cisgender came in third so she was born a girl and was competing as a girl the other two were born boys and are competing as girls so um, on this trans athlete website I found out that if you um, 17 states you can just walk right in and say I want to wrestle as a girl I mean I'm, I guess I was born a boy and I think for me as a mom with three athletes, kids who are very involved in sports, I don't want my daughters um, being forced to compete against boys. And uh, I know that Martina Navratilova did a lot of research on this subject and came out recently, and she's very well placed in the LGBT community and an extremely good tennis player, many accolades and awards for her tennis. And she said she researched uh, the idea of um, Men who are born as men competing as women. And she said it's unfair and cheating. And a lot of people will call me transphobic for saying that. Exactly what happened. She was dropped by a big organization uh, who said that she was an LGBT organization, said that Martina Navratilova is transphobic because she said that. But she said it's unfair. So I interviewed Dr. Uh, Michael Royson, who is with the Cleveland Clinic. He writes a lot of books with Dr. Oz. And he said, Angie, men are born with different hips. They're made for running and strength. Women have wider hips they 're not built for they 're built to bear children. Mm-hmm. He said that men are born with a different circulatory and musculatory system, and that their uh, heart pumps more blood and more blood can go through their body. Their lungs are bigger, hearts bigger, muscles are bigger, and body is built for running and strength. He said so there is a natural built in advantage that someone born a man has, regardless of whether or not they take hormones to adjust their body mm-hmm. so with that said. I'm totally against boys who identify as girls competing against girls. I'm not saying they can't identify as girls. If they want to do that, and wear a dress to school and braid their hair and wear lipstick, that's your choice. But you cannot compete against my daughter. And then say that's fair. And a lot of people are, well, if, it, if they really did have an advantage, um, that was this was the retort to what Martina Navratilova had to say. If they really did have an advantage, wouldn't we have more transgender people winning gold in the Olympics? Well, no, because this hasn't become an issue until more recently that we've allowed boys to compete as girls. So we may start,
1: that may be an Olympic question at some point in time here. I think soon. So, okay, so identifying as the other gender is not a physiological thing. It is something that people are thinking about. But what we're seeing then is... Uh, boys that have the physical advantage just because they are identifying as a girl, they are competing in a physical activity where clearly uh, in running as you just mentioned,
4: there's physiological differences between the two, yes, you know, which in- are very obvious by looking at them running next to the girls, yeah, I mean they are shredded, I mean they are so muscular and so fit, I mean they are tremendous athletes competing against women who are born as women?
1: Well, I think if physiologically you are a boy, a man, you that's where you need to be competing. And as you mentioned, I, I, and I think that we're going to start to see, uh, I think there was in South Dakota some possible legislation that says if you were born a boy, you compete as a boy in high school sports or in in school sports. If you were born a girl, you compete as a girl. But Angie, I have to tell you that when I was a kid, I never would have even dreamed that we were having this discussion or this conversation about this. I mean, I feel in some ways we've kind of lost our minds.
4: Well, I think in the um in the name of inclusivity, what about but my daughter's having it fair, fairness and inclusivity. Those are the two winners right there. And now if you saw that picture, would you think that's a gal or a guy? A guy. Okay. And we're not, we don't, if he wants to dress as a girl, we don't have a problem with that. We're not saying that. We're not judging him because he feels like a girl. That's not my thing. That's not my cross to bear. Mm-hmm. You you live your life as you want to live it. But you cannot compete against my daughter and that's what 17 states are like just identify come on in and you just compete that way there are states that say you have to compete as the gender uh, you know you were born and i'm sorry if they think it's unfair but in the name of inclusivity they're making it unfair to the girls they're competing against very good
1: point and uh, that's what we're seeing i think happen a lot is in the name of inclusivity i guess i'm having trouble with that word today uh that in essence we're making things as you mentioned across the board unfair for all of the other uh, young athletes girls who have been um, working hard to be the best that they can be and so it's not a fair game is from a physical standpoint it's not a fair game and if 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 in fact we're trying to get to fairness and equality of opportunity then we need to make sure that boys
4: compete as boys and girls compete as girls. And then if they want to identify some other way, that's their prerogative. That's fine. You know, you can come to school identifying as a girl, but if you want to compete against girls in sports, there has to be some way to make it fair for women, or women's sports would just go away. Right. That men who want to identify as women would dominate in women's sports. So how is that fair to women? I mean, then do you have like a separate transgender, you know, um, arena where they compete? Or why can't they compete as boys? I mean, right now we know women um, in Colorado, there are two female wrestlers that just made it to state. And I know that one boy opted out in uh, wrestling, both of them, for religious reasons. He said, no disrespect to them. I just don't feel comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, wrestling. Well, wrestling. I mean, have you ever watched wrestling? Oh, yeah. My yeah. son had to wrestle a girl last year because yeah. they do mix them. Yeah. But that's the sport that they, you know, they, they know that there's the option that they may have to wrestle a girl or, you know, vice versa. My, my mm-hmm. son knew that he would. Uh, but in the case of the transgender athletes, I think that there has to be an option for them to, yes, have their own maybe arena to compete or compete against boys. Well, now that's you are just a thinking outside the box kind of a girl so that there would be a a third competition, if you will. Oh. It may come to that. I don't know. But okay. it, they sh- certainly shouldn't be competing against girls. Okay. It's, just, like it's you not mean- fair. Like Martina Navratilova said, it's not fair. It's not fair. She called it cheating. Yeah, well, yeah, in a way it probably is. So,
1: hey, Angie Austin, it's really been great to have you here. Uh, what's your final thought that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Um, and be sure and listen in <laughs> 4 to 6 a.m. or 11 a.m. Uh, that's the Angie Austin and Mike Opelka Show. And then also the good news right here on KLZ.
4: I think it's something I've always yelled out to my kids out the car window when I've dropped them off at school: "Be kind to others." You know, that's what it's in my. Be kind to others right. and love thy neighbor. It's pretty simple. I think we make it real complicated. Right. And if we're kind to each other, s- smile, good manners, thank you, just
1: civility will will get us a long way down the road. So, Angie Austin, thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. And our quote for today is Doctor Haim, I think Janot, and it is Janot. It is: Children are like wet cement. Whatever falls on them makes an impression. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks signing off. God bless you and God bless America. And
5: I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't,